All right, hello, and welcome to White Hat versus Black Hat SEO Show. My name is Josh Bashinsky, and joined as always with my co-host, I have here Chase Reiner. Say hi, Chase. Chase is shy. He was having trouble with his computer. It probably crashed again because <laughs> we were having the, the PC Mac debate. And I said to him, it never crashes on my Mac. I don't know what's wrong with your PC. So I'm assuming that's why Chase isn't speaking right now. So we'll just move cool. right on. And also joined today uh, with us, we have the amazing, the legendary, Eric Lantry. So say hi, Eric. Hey, how's it going, guys? Well, I'm doing well. <laughs> I don't know how Chase is doing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm surrounded by Macs and PCs right here. I'm like, I have PC, PC, Mac, Mac, and uh, you know, half and half. Why do you have both? Well, I'm a geek, but <laughs> um, you know what? PC for a lot of, uh, for using ScreenFlow and Keynote whenever I make my presentations and all that, it's amazing for it. And the screens are really nice. And PC for gaming, for crunching numbers, for like encoding, and there's, I don't know. There's a lot of strengths to both sides. Awesome. Okay. So, um, yeah, so today on the show we have Eric Lantries. And um, Eric, I know you um, had some stuff that you wanted to talk about. Uh, Chase, we see you clapping. <laughs> yeah. I can make your hands clap. Uh, <laughs> but we don't hear you. So you can just do mime. <laughs> I'm not going to say what he said right there. I can read his lips. <laughs> I know what he said right there. So, Chase, you can just do interpretive dance. Uh, during the entire hangout. That's not really going to help for people listening to this as a podcast later. Mm. Uh, they can only imagine. I'll, I'll, I will describe the interpretive dance that Chase does. So right now he looks kind of like a California California stoner, and he's he's got a, a, a kind of a, a, a dopey little little smile on his face. And anyway, it's not to get boring anyway. So so Eric and I will will carry on the conversation. So anyway, this is White Hat versus Black Hat, and this is the SEO show where we debate what is better, White Hat or Black Hat. And we talk about what's new in White Hat and what's new in Black Hat SEO. And just before the show, actually, Eric and I were talking um, about how Black Hat SEO has kind of changed. And I just want to bring this up, um, and because I've I've observed the same thing. You know, it's you know, see, ever since around 2011 when Panda came out. I don't know about when you noticed it, Eric, but I noticed it around 2011. I know you did a lot of work with Panda. You're one of the forefront people on Panda. And, but I noticed at that time, you notice a lot of Black Hats starting to advertise stuff they do on Warrior Forum or Black Hat World, and it moves from like website SEO and they start doing YouTube SEO, yeah. or they start selling eBooks, or they start you know uh, doing other things than ranking sites. And one could say, and maybe we can debate this. I don't know. One could say that's kind of an argument, you know. And a lot of them moved over to, to AdWords as well. Like one really well-known Black Hat. SEO guy who had a lot to do with the SC Nuke world, he moved over to doing AdWords completely. And it's kind of like, so so how good is Black Hat SEO then if everyone's moving away from Black Hat SEO? So we were talking about that. And you had you said something about, uh, you saw something in November recently for Black Hat SEO. Well, yeah, look, Black Hat SEO, I mean, White Hat, Black Hat, it, I, it all depends on what you, what you how you define that. But let's just go with the pure black hat, which just loads up a tool, scrape box, spam the entire web. People have been moving away from that. And you know, they're not ranking their own sites anymore. Instead, like what you see, some people the people are still trying to do it. First it went to Tumblr. First they were like, okay, now now we can't spam our own sites. Let's go spam Tumblr and other big sites. And after that, they're like, well, that's not even working so well. So now let's rank YouTube 
and use our tools for YouTube and like, to be able to build uh, views and all that. And right. YouTube seems to be like the last thing that the black hats are kind of like clinching on because that's a major site. So you can throw links at it, you can throw views, and Google favors it off the bat. So it really seems to be kind of like that progression where the pie was sh shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. And, you know, I was just talking about this the other day where, you know, when's the last time you've done a search and the first result is a super spammy result? It's, it's kind of, you know, it doesn't happen very often unless yeah. there's absolutely no other results. Like if right. I search for a weird pharmaceutical thing and I put like buy now, Viagra, Cinefield or something like that, and there's no, there are no real results. For SEO purposes, that's the reason why. For yeah, SEO purposes. <laughs> except for like uh, that, then maybe Google will show me a kind of a spammy result. But if I'm searching normal terms, that never happens anymore. So there's been a, a major step up in the past four or five years from Google. I, I would agree. And in fact, that is exactly what Matt Katz, who used to be the uh, head of search quality at Google. doesn't have a job anymore there. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, now he's working for the USDS, the uh, yeah. United States Digital Service. Yeah. Which I find very interesting because Google is very, it's kind of an aside, but Google was always very Obama and Hillary centric mm -hmm. and they have absolutely no uh, tie-ins to the Trump administration whatsoever. Uh, in fact, Eric Schmidt, the, the Alphabet chairman, Alphabet of course is the new parent company of Google, used to be the Google CEO and Google chairman for years. He recently went on record and said that Donald Trump is, is his administration is going to do evil things. And so it's kind of interesting, uh, again, this is kind of an aside, we'll get back to the SEO in a second, but it's kind of interesting that Matt Cutts is now working for the U.S. Digital Service. He's now the, the acting head, as, as, I, as I read in Barry Schwartz's article. Crazy. You know, is he there as a spy? Is he spying for Google? That's what I thought. I thought, oh, that's Google's move. They can't get anyone into the administration, so they're going to send Matt Cutts to spy on what's going on in the digital service. Yeah. I, and he's going to report back to Google about policy things. Anyway, that's uh, you can we can take off the tinfoil hats. That's my conspiracy theory for the day. But but yeah, I, um, and that was that was Google's intention. Hi yeah, there, Chase. Works. Does it work? It works, it works now. now. Gosh, it crashed here. Again. And I see you've got a new a new backdrop behind you. Yes. For all the podcast listeners, he's got a green a green screen behind him. And pretty soon he's going to be doing some again interpretive dance with with. With imagery behind him, uh, he's doing it now, and I won't describe it. It's too <laughs> lewd to describe on air. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So, but that was that was. We were just talking about how Black Hat is changing, and that was, of course, Google's um, their their, int their full intention was to make Black Hat more and more expensive and just reduce it, reduce it, reduce it. They know they could never get rid of it entirely because mm -hmm. there's always going to be clever people who are always finding some way to hack the system, but they can't get rid of it entirely. You know what? I'm gonna say there's a, there's a new type of black hat, but it's a white black hat, and it's kind of like, the, I, I, yeah, I mentioned that to you. I think it's like the reverse Oreo, where there's like, it's white on the outside, but there's a bit of black in the in the middle. So yeah. Like these days, you see a ton of like Google at the end of the day is still a search algorithm. It is an algorithm. It's code. So if you feed the code the right things, like if you feed it what it wants to find, it's gonna rank you. Yeah. But what it wants to find these days is high quality stuff. So you kind of have to, you know, you are being white by feeding it high quality stuff, but you can still do it purposely. And you could do it very strategically and methodically where you get repeatable results in, in the scaling and how you scale it. Um, so you get, you get very, very consistent repeatable results, which is kind of what I teach. It, it is essentially, we're doing it in a very predictable 
and methodical manner, but we actually produce high quality content, but that's because Google's looking for exactly this. So if I'm telling the, uh, if I'm coaching someone, I'm like, look, you wanna have this table on your page, you wanna have a subheadline that says this, an image, but you wanna name your image specifically like this and you wanna structure it like this. I'm essentially constructing what I call like a high quality page and that's good for the users, but I'm doing it intentionally so that Google, the Google algorithm picks it up and is like, oh, well, let's reward this site, let's put it on top. So it's kind of like a mix now. It's not completely organic, like just la la, like, oh, just put out good content, you're gonna rank, it's, everything will be nice <laughs> exactly. and rosy. But we're doing it with you know very specific intentions in mind. It's just that instead of spamming the entire web with millions of backlinks now, we're placing very specific backlinks on specific sites, surrounded right. by specific content. It's, it's, it's changed, but kind of the, um, the essence or like the strategic, methodical, step-by-step, -step, this will lead to this result is still there. And that's kind of, I think, what a lot of the people liked in Black Hat, yeah. where they really liked the push button like structure, like step one, two, three, this gives this result. A and tool. That's still there. Just, they want to use the tool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They want a tool, except the tools evolve now a bit, and some people don't like to, to process it like that. Anyways. <laughs> now there's too many buttons. <laughs> the tool's too hard that. to use. Yeah. So I guess it's not, uh, and we always, we always come down to this, so it's not really Black Hat versus White Hat so much as it's accidental SEO, just, yes. just put content out there and maybe it'll rank, versus purposeful SEO, which is always been what SEO it. is. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It's, it, that's exact, it's a great way of putting it. Instead of kind of just doing things at random, you're doing it in a very structured and uh, purposeful way, and then you get the, the, you know, the results that come with that. Right. So we, we got right into the uh, Black Hat versus White Hat uh, debate, but uh, I also want to talk a little bit about what's new in Black Hat and, and White Hat SEO. Sure. Um, and I'll go, I'll, I'll go first for White Hat SEO. So I've been listening to some John Mueller hangouts recently. Of course, that's what I do. I kind of listen to John Mueller and different Google employees, and I interpret, in my opinion, what they're saying. Um, and so uh, some really important stuff he talked about recently. So um, uh, back on January 10th, so here's some new stuff. I'll go through the highlights. Back on January 10th, John Mueller, uh, these are for the White Hat news things. Uh, John Mueller talked about, uh, he said, there are no manual actions that they do not tell you about. Uh, oh, no, sorry. He says, there are manual actions that we cannot and do not tell you about. Sorry. There are manual actions. That's a big distinction right there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, let me get this right. There are manual actions, John Mueller says, that we cannot and do not tell you about. Uh, issues surrounding copyright, for example, issues surrounding uh, legal issues. So there are times that the manual web spam team takes manual action on the search results pages. That is to say, changing them. That is to say, demoting certain websites, web pages, and they do not inform the website owners. And so John Mueller is on record admitting that. And so when I hear him say something like that, I just think, okay, well, how many more? And he's admitted in the past, he's kind of tongue-in-cheek admitted in the past that there are manual actions that they don't tell you about uh, in, in Search Console, especially when you're buying a new domain. You may not get any old actions that were on the domain. If you put a new Search Console on it, you may not get those. Yeah. Or between HTTP and HTTPS and things like that. So I thought, I thought that was really interesting. And also, um, uh, January 13th, uh, John Mueller said something. Uh, a, a, a nice uh, young lady by the name of Dawn 
uh, from uh, the UK, I'm assuming she has a UK accent, asked, and it's always good, it's always good, I don't know if you've noticed this, Eric, whenever a, a pretty woman asks John a question, have you ever noticed how he usually starts bobbling at the mouth? I, I, I knew you were going to say that. I haven't seen that that hangout. I, I see a, a bunch of hangouts, but I haven't seen that one. But the why the way, as soon as you went, yeah, she had a pretty accent. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I, I guess I find it quite funny because one time a very young, attractive lady came on and asked him point blank. It was like about a year ago about Panda. And he just started telling her exactly how Panda worked. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it'll take uh, six months to a year for Panda. But the other quality algorithms are on crawl in about 10 days of 10 days of, of processing later. I'm like, people have been asking you this job for years. So and here's the Here's the strategy. What we do is we just find like a model and we, we, we basically just give her a list of questions to ask John Mueller. Yes. Yes. That I, I very seriously considered doing that because I'm like, how, oh, it works how, really well. How funny would it be? You know, there's, there's Google Hangouts. Anyone who's ever watched Google Hangouts, it's going to be either it's going to be guys with thick accents or some, some from around the world. They, they're really good at picking out diversity and kind of getting a, a good mix. So I got to commend him with that. I saw one hangout with, there seemed to be like a 16-year-old Indian boy that I could barely understand. But anyways, imagine what a Google Hangout would be if it was all just like model-looking girls. In <laughs> <laughs> well, for a long time, I, I, I know Chase does, and Eric, I know you do. We put out SEO videos on YouTube, mm -hmm. and you know, we get like 100, 200, 300,000 hits, stuff like that. One of my main competitors who was getting a lot of hits was the coding babes guys who were talking about how to do SEO. And it's this, this rather attractive young lady, uh, very well endowed, let's just put it that way, in a, in a bikini. And I'm like, oh, come on. I mean, anyone could do that. I could do that. Fine. I mean, you don't want to see me in a bikini. That's what I'm talking no, about. I mean, I but think, a, pretty, a pretty woman in a bikini. Think about this. Like, we actually hire like 10 models. And we like get them all to wear a shirt for our YouTube channels. And we just get them all in the hangout. <laughs> and just give them questions like who's yeah, not going to talk about that <laughs> okay all right that's a plan so in the chat in in the chat window guys you, who, who are, we got about 30 people watching usually about 50 to 100 people watching uh more people watch later on so in the chat go ahead and say in the chat if you think that's a good idea if you have a uh if you happen to be a young lady attractive young lady or if you have a sister wife or friend who might want to go on eric is shaking his head this is beyond his sensibilities that's because he's a good Canadian boy. Unlike me, I'm a bad Canadian boy. Um, so anyway, I was saying, on January 13th, Don asked uh, uh, John Mueller a question regarding the SERP bounce, the, uh, the, the theory that the, uh, the click-through from the bounce, uh, the click-through from the search engine results page to a page, and then the bounce back, the inevitable or, uh, or eventual bounce back, is that a ranking signal? And he basically, he fully admits they do look at that on an algorithm level. And he says they strip out all the noise and use what's left. Uh, and and it, he says it takes a while to settle down, and they wait until it settles down. And so, I mean, this to me just screams obvious admissions that they're using this as a ranking signal, even though they say they use it to train their algorithms. But he, he explains how they would do it. And anyone who says there's too much noise in that signal, he explains right here how they deal with it. They just wait for the signal to settle down, and they, they look for the obvious wins. They strip out all the noise. So they strip out all the... They can't tell if the user is satisfied, but when they can tell the user is quite satisfied or they can tell when the user is quite dissatisfied, they mm -hmm. count those as losses and those as wins. Comments? <laughs> well, well, I, yeah. go, go ahead. ahead. I mean, you all go ahead? I, I'll, I'll go after you. All right. Well, 
um, Google has been saying that. That's great. I, I love hearing these things because it's kind of the stuff I've said back in 2013 or so when I had, I actually have presentations out where I specifically say exactly this. I'm like, look, you want to avoid the balance back to Google. So if Google gives you a user and then you keep that user on your website, Google's like, oh, well, that must have been a good result. I'm going to give you more. And if the Google goes to your website and it goes immediately back to search again, then Google's like, well, that might have been not the best website to present because they're looking for more information. It's that obvious factor. But though, I think that was actually in one of the patents and it's been tested and all that. So it's really cool to hear confirmations like that. Yeah, the but 2012 what, Panda patent specifically yeah. talked about generating a quality score. And I, I'm exactly. quoting the patent, a quality score based on uh, what a user does on a search and what, what they click after the search and computing a quality score based on how satisfied they were and how, how uh, well the search succeeded. But one of the cool things, like when he means by search, what I think Google means when they say it, this helps search um, form the search results is Google looks at the click-through rate and they look at the websites that you visit and then it's going to adjust a ton of things, things that people don't even think about. For instance, um, yes. If most search searchers click on very recent postings, then Google is going to show more recent postings exactly. for that keyword. So if you're looking for uh, President Obama, then it knows that you probably want for really fresh stuff. Like you want things that are like one day old or two day old. So the algorithm is going to tweak that search query based on what people are clicking. And who knows, maybe in 40 years, people won't want to know about things about like, the algorithm will switch and it'll start showing to more historical things because then they're going to want to see a Wikipedia about President Obama exactly. instead of like what happened last week. So I want to comment on this. Um, yeah, go ahead. So to that point, like I think the algorithms actually change for different queries, like yeah. not for instance, not not like having actually different algorithms, but like different ranking signals. So for instance, like uh, any post that's going to be about maybe like medical advice where you know, people are going to likely be jumping in between articles. That's going to be something where it's like, okay, it would make sense for the bounce rates to be high, right? But I think what maybe in that situation, what they're actually going to be looking at is, okay, maybe the bounce rates are high on all these pages, but what's the average time spent on page look like? Because there might be more interesting articles. So I think uh, for each uh, different type of search, there's going to be different types of ranking uh, uh, factors, like for instance, local, or whether it's be like e-commerce or products or uh, you know national-based queries or informational-based queries. There's all these uh, different types of things based off user intent, which Google's getting really good at figuring out, um, which is, uh, in my opinion, something that's pretty cool that's happening right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree with both of you guys. Um, and Eric, you're, you're completely right that not only is it it's working on the personalization level, because actually in the same Hangout, John Mueller mentioned a little bit later, that they even track your session in incognito hmm. and it, regarding personalization. But there is no personalization for incognito, which he also admitted. So I, I'm saying, well, thank you, John, because again, what else could that be other than clicks? You're obviously watching where they click and what they click, even, even in the incognito session, uh, because there's nothing else. If there's no personalization, there's nothing else to track <laughs> from, from, from personal interaction. Well, I've been doing it. Well, there's a few. To interject there, um, they look at your IP and they look at where you're coming from. So when you're yep. in incognito mode, you're still getting a, kind of like a, a local bias, if that makes sense. Yes. Even in incognito mode. Maybe that's where he, he's kind of like talking about. But I've been doing a lot of tests with um, you know, fake 
manipulating the click-through rate and all that. And I think a lot of people, you, I'm sure you have tons of stuff to talk about. Um, you know, if you're going in and you're manipulating, you're creating fake searches and fake clicks and fake things to try to like reward one site or try to la give one, uh, more time on site to one site and anyway, stuff like that. Yeah, um, so, yeah. And how well, sorry, sorry, Jason, how well have you done with that, Eric? Because I did some testing about three, four years ago and I found that I could promote a site through doing that organically by getting real people to do it, not like bots mm -hmm. to do it. But you, you can't demote a site by making bounces. Have you, have you seen the same or different? Well, the the demotion would be long-term. Um, it's really hard to fake, honestly, because look, think, think about this. A website gets 10,000 visitors a month, which is not even a lot. Like a, a bigger sites get 100,000, a million visitors a month. Right. To be able to manipulate or kind of change that entire metric, you would need to send 200,000 or like a hundred, you know, at least the same amount of traffic to bring it down by half. At least thirty so, percent. Yeah. yeah. John yeah, just, talked about the magic thirty percent. If thirty percent of your pages are 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 crap, that's that's when panda gets triggered. He's talked about. Yeah. So that's a lot of traffic you have to drive for the entire site, but for a single page, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think Joshua. Uh, so something that Backlinko actually uh, talks about in one of his case studies, and I keep calling him Backlinko, but his name is Brian Dean. He, oh, let's keep calling him Backlinko. I like it. Better. I think I think Backlinko is a cooler name. It sounds like a superhero. Backlinko. Uh, it well, sounds like way, a game Price is Right. You know, you <laughs> Plinko, right? Right. Uh, either way, uh, he he mentions this uh, thing that Rand Fishkin did when uh, at one of his MozCon events, and he actually yeah. during MozCon he had like thousands of people. He tweeted something out also. And uh, he wanted everybody to search a specific query around an article that he just made. I think it was as a test or something. Yep. And basically, within the, like the next 24 hours, like thousands and thousands of people clicked on this article, and it and and it basically skyrocketed it to like I think like the third position or maybe it was even the first position. Yeah. So I mean, that's just more evidence, kind of backing up what you guys are talking about. It's it click through rates are totally something that uh, matter, and you can really. Uh, add a game changer by adding some sort of branding campaign in your SEO as well, which is why it's so important to start not only considering, you know, on-page SEO, off-page SEO, uh, conversion rate optimization, user intent optimization, all these different things, but also things like social media marketing, remarketing, search engine marketing, because everything's kind of going together these days. No, I, I agree. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, even TV ads. I mean, people talk about um, link velocity. I know, I know, Eric, you've mentioned link velocity before. I don't think there's a problem with link velocity. You know, like people think if you get a thousand links in the space of a couple of days, this is an issue, or if you have a thousand new searches in a, in a space of a couple of days, it's an issue. And I don't think it is. And, and in fact, John Mueller has been asked, and he says it's not an issue because if you put out a TV commercial, and everyone's going, or, or a radio commercial, and people are going crazy for your your product, you're going to get a bunch of people searching and a bunch of people linking. And that's natural. So I don't know. Do you, do you, what do you think about that? Oh well, that's a, that's a great comment, and it's true. Like it, things happen. Here's the thing: Google, the way they operate, they know that happens all the time, and that's good. That's coded in there. However, there are more that triggers like step number two. Like normally, for ninety percent of the websites, it's not happening on a regular basis. You're not getting a spike from zero to a you know twenty thousand links. In a single day, so that triggers the second set of more stringent, like uh, you know, evaluation. Like, was this natural? Did it not happen? Are the links staying, or are the links disappearing? Like, if right. you run 
X rumor and you spam, you get 20,000 links in a single day. First of all, there's probably going to be some manual reviewer that's going to go in and say, is this warranted? Is this not? Um, and then the second thing is if all the links are disappearing right away, then it's also another negative signal. So there, there's like more stuff that happens when these big spikes happen and Google will look at it uh, closer and they'll make a judgment call after with the second algorithms to say like, oh, this is spam or this is just, there was a TV ad. And one of the ways that you could actually, I'm gonna give you a, like give the audience a secret. One of the ways you could actually um, help the algorithm is Google looks to see if you're in featured news. So if you're in the news, if you put out a press release, if you're um, trending on social media, if you're when what Google calls the Google news, because and then Google will allow for bigger uh, velocity or link window to be open for you. So as soon as you're in the news, you get a window of time where you could build more links and get more traffic and get all these other things that are amazing. And Google's just going to let it buy, uh, no problem. I also I be surprised. There's a lot of cases where, if you're in AdWords, uh, you seem to get breaks as well. And uh, a leak came out about a Google patent that uh, personalization includes AdWords clicks as well. So if you have an AdWords spot uh, in the top of the SERP and you're listing below, if they click your AdWords spot, then that personalization algorithm will boost up your organic ranking for those people as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was, uh, there's benefits for being a member. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's also some cool things you can do to that too, Josh, where if you're doing search engine marketing and you put like the Google plus one button on your website when they hit it and they hit the Google plus one button and they go back to the organic search results, it'll actually make your organic search results higher for them if they're signed into Google plus. And one other thing about the thousand links or whatever the links influx was, I also think this is also another situation where it's one of those uh, industry specific or niche specific uh, subjects where like, you know, if you're getting a thousand uh, uh, links to a news article, that might look okay. If you're getting a thousand links to a local business that hasn't had, you know, any links in the last, you know, 10 or whatever years of the, them being in business, then it's going to look really weird. So I think there's going to be certain situations where it's going to, you can probably get away with it better than like other situations. And also uh, we have 41 people in the chat. If we could get some likes, cause we only have 11 likes, uh, it'll help distribute our video to more people. Yeah, guys. Don't you know that liking is is loving or uh, what? You got to think of some really good way to say that. You know, sharing is caring, liking is great or something. I don't know. I, you, you think I do marketing or something for a living or something? I could think of a better a better thing to say. But okay, um, so let's get to the meat. Let's get to the meat of the matter then. All right. Uh, and debate what is better, black hat or white hat SEO? We've talked around some black hat and white hat stuff. Um, and uh, I don't know, does anyone want to go first? Does someone want to pick a side and, and, and uh, say, I always go first, so I'm going to let someone else go first. If someone wants to pick a side, white hat or black hat, and say what they think is better. Chase, you want to go? I see Chase is raising his hand. Yes, Chase, I was, go. I was just going to comment on, in terms of black hat, what you can do is a lot of, we talk about this a lot in our, our videos, is the social signal, um, like uh, hacking or uh, automation through social. Uh, in terms of the link, links influx that we were just talking about, would you guys think uh, by doing black hat social media through automation, through social signal hacking, that sort of thing, uh, would that somehow also warrant a uh, like a flag to Google that, wow, they just went up to you know 50,000 Facebook likes on this post in a day? Uh, Matt, I actually have some insider knowledge on that. Uh, I had a 
private conversation with Matt Cutts a few years ago, and he was complaining to me that that they had to write spam algorithms for other people's networks. He complained to me that they had to write spam algorithms for for Twitter and for Facebook. So yeah, I I I I'm, I'm have it on pretty good authority that yeah, they are writing algorithms to detect any kind of spamming on other people's networks uh, because they have to because they have to use that as a signal because not not as many people are using links anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to use shares as a signal. They have to do what people are doing. Uh, the, the majority of people are doing, and that's I think another good argument for why they're tracking clicks these days, is because that's what everyone can you can reliably know they're going to do on the web. You know, Twitter might go away; they may not tweet anymore. You know, some new thing may come in, but people are always going to uh, ask for a search, go to a page, and either stop searching or keep searching, and so you can tell if they're satisfied or not. Um, but there was a good question in there, uh, Chase, that I think we can debate for white hat versus black hat, which is so um, social media uh, 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 automated systems, uh, the kind of systems that will uh, post on RSS feeds, the kind of systems that will automatically tweet out and post on Facebook, uh, any kind of blog post you do. Uh, is that here's a question. One, is that white hat or black hat? And two, is it good or bad? All right, let me answer that, or let me let me jump on that. Please. Mine as well. Um, yeah, well, look, first of all, I think the whole black hat, white hat, I think you could associate with whatever side you want, but it, at the end of the day, it's becoming like what works. And I think that becomes, that is becoming these days a lot more narrow. It's not necessarily, oh, I'm using a tool or I'm not using a tool. Because you could use a tool like Hootsuite that schedules like social media posts, and that's going to be considered a white hat, but it's also automation, right? It doesn't. Exactly. It becomes it becomes really like it's becoming more just what works rather than like oh I'm doing it this way or this way. But the whole social media thing, uh, Google's I, quick comment just for anyone who's listening, Google's search algorithm is very similar to the algorithm that they use to determine if social media networks are um, high quality or not. So the way Google ranks, let's say Google were to rank the pages on Twitter. Let's take Twitter as an example. They're going to rank, you know, how there's organic listings from one to, you know, I don't know, million or so. Well, if you were to do like a site colon, colon Twitter, and you were to organize all those those users, Google uses a very similar approach where they're essentially using their own internal search algorithm and you're ranking all the users on Twitter. Are you ranking all the the users on like uh, Facebook? Are you ranking all the groups on Facebook? And they're using a very similar search algorithm where you almost type site colon and then list all the members. You can't exactly do that, but you could almost do it. And you could if you had access to their entity database because it's yeah, all, exactly. all entities in their Hummingbird entity database. Exactly. So exactly, but that's what I'm saying. But we don't. I don't think we could just go and access that. But what they're doing too is they're basically ranking. Sorry. Sorry, I said it's too bad we can't. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be really cool. <laughs> they're basically ranking it in a very similar manner where it's not necessarily the fact that you have the most um, posts or the most users that are following you. But let's say Ashton Kutcher is following me on Twitter. My Twitter profile, therefore, has a lot more value than someone else that's a spammy profile because right. they have the whole the, the power and the algorithm knows that this is an influential person. This person's profile has a lot of link juice, and that kind of associates it with me. And if, you know, I think Conan O'Brien's following one single person on Twitter. I think it's he's the guy, and that one person that's being followed by Conan O'Brien automatically has a lot of reputation because Conan O'Brien's following them. So that's right. you, 
I have a question. Do you think that uh, do you think that Google's algorithm is somehow interacting with any of the social media algorithms, like maybe through an API or something? Because I'm trying to figure out, like, with Facebook, they they have certain things where if you do use Hootsuite or you do use a, a something other than their native post scheduling tool, there's actually like a small uh, uh, percentage that you lose on like your ranking benefit through like the social media optimization that you would be doing on your Facebook. Um, so it's actually better to uh, post natively than it is to be using a scheduling app. So do you think like somehow that can interact like maybe with Google's algorithm? Like do you think they have some sort of treaty going on? Well, I, I could tell you on very good authority or relatively accurately that the only, there's two networks that Google has. Well, first of all, they have a deal with Twitter that's open out there. Everyone knows that. And they, they own Google Plus. Yeah. Right. So they own Google Plus and they have a deal with Twitter. Those are the two main networks where they have direct access and YouTube, right? Direct access to the people in there. Facebook, everyone thinks that they're, they, they look at Facebook. They are on like looking at Facebook. But as far as I know, they have to go through the same doors that everyone else goes through. So uh, on Facebook, they can't access your private data on Facebook without, uh, if it's not public. So that's, you know, yeah. they monitor and they look at Facebook, but they don't have the direct access that they do on Twitter. And that's also why Google Plus, you could have a profile that's not very popular and do the plus ones on Google Plus and Google counts that because it's their own network. They know everything that happens on the Google Plus. So yeah, Josh, I think you want to say stuff, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, Eric, you're completely right. Uh, and um, uh, uh, Chase, you're right too. YouTube, of course, shouldn't be discounted. It's another social yeah. network. I mean, you, you can say it, it is Google Plus. Really, they are merging as being the same thing, but YouTube is, is a social network they have direct access to. And uh, Rand Fishkin uh, from Moz, the Wizard of Moz, he speculated on one whiteboard Friday a couple of years ago that he watched there were some corporate acquisitions that Google did. Google bought a couple of companies that had direct OAuth tie-in to Facebook. And he speculated as to, he couldn't think of any other reason why they would buy these companies other than they had direct access to personal Facebook data. And he, th he thought they might be doing something there. And Andre Lepatsev, who was another web uh, master's trends analyst working out of the Dublin office, he was specifically asked this question, do you guys have direct access to Facebook? And he gave kind of a tongue-in-cheek answer, which was along the lines, I'm paraphrasing, but it was along the lines of, well, if we did, we'd never admit it, or we could never admit that we did. So uh, does that mean they do or they don't, you know? Well, Facebook and Google are competitors. Yes. Weird. Like, well, no, they're not not in a weird way. They just are. Facebook's trying to become the biggest advertising company, and they're trying to get everyone onto their ecosystem. And Google is, I think, the biggest advertising company. And there, there's, there's a rivalry. It's like Apple and Microsoft. So yeah, just, uh, they, they're very close. Apple, of course, is better. How can they compare, though? Because Facebook's not even close to a good uh, search uh, uh, engine. I mean, they have the search that you can use, but it's awful. It's the money. It's the money. It's the advertisement. But I mean, how can they compare the two is what I'm saying. Like, how can Facebook, like, unless Facebook creates its own search engine, which they, I mean, they have that little they, bar, but it's terrible. But they don't need to, they don't need the search engine to display the, to the network, right? They have the news feed. They can display anything they want to the network. But that doesn't matter because that's not like people searching. That's just people scrolling through their news feeds or through other pages. I mean, it's not very convenient is what I'm saying. True. It is different intent. So when you have keyword intent, uh, that's somebody who's probably lower in the sales funnel or, or, or arguably, I don't know, maybe you guys would disagree. But if you have keyword intent, 
someone on Google is looking for something, they're on a quest, they're a little bit more uh, engaged, as opposed to Facebook is almost like TV advertising. It's almost passive advertising where it's like subliminal. They just see it and maybe they're interested, maybe not, uh, but they're not actively looking for something. Can you imagine though if Facebook's uh, like Facebook's uh, platform and Google's platform were to combine like the type of data that they could like start sharing with each other and like really start reaching people like because you can do things with Facebook like in terms of targeting like some of the things that I've seen is insane. Yeah, no, Facebook knows everything about you, and they they let you they let you target it for Facebook ads. So does so does Google like. Yeah, <laughs> if anyone has an Android phone and is using Google Now or Google, yeah, Google Now, it'll tell you. It knows where you are, and it's like, hey, do you want fries with that? Because you know, <laughs> McDonald's right there. And it's like, well, you know, there's gonna be traffic on the way back. Your friend's coming home now, and we can get you fries, and there's a good deal near you. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, by the way, this also, you checked uh, the the game last night, and here's the scores. And I'm like, oh man, like just <laughs> Eric. I actually set up an, a, a calendar uh, uh, for myself, like an update to remind myself to eat every day at 12 because I always forget because I'm okay. always busy doing all these YouTube videos. And it, what's starting to happen is that I'm getting reminded now that like here's the different places that you can go eat and how far away they are. And I didn't even ask for that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So Google knows too. That's true. This is true. So uh, getting back to our white hat versus black hat debate, I want to, I want to, I want to, put a pin in this. So one, is it white hat or black hat? I mean, Google does not specifically say you can't auto post to social networks. It might be against the terms of service of that particular social network, but Google can't, doesn't say you can't do it because if they can't admit whether they're, whether they're using it as a ranking signal and what wow. out of it they're using as a ranking signal. I don't think it matters at all. Like it doesn't matter if you're, if you do, if you do an automated post, it's amazing and people interact with it and people share it and people like, talk about it and it's an awesome automated post. What if what if I create an automated post that I'm going to do a giant event? I'm going to jump off uh, a build. Uh, I'm going to do something better. I don't know, a promotional charity event. And I, I'm like, I'm doing it on the 26th. So I set up an automated post. So on the 26th, when I'm there and I can't post, it posts out for me. And this post goes live and it has millions of shares and views. Who cares if it's an automated post or not? It's going to do the job and all the ranking signals around that post are going to be there. But if you set up an automated post with like inspirational quotes that no one gives a <laughs> shit about and then they go out, then those won't perform. But it's not the way, you know, it's not if I use my iPhone or my my Android that posted it, you know, that's not what the difference. It's the it, it, I really believe that it's the impact and the way the post is received that does make the that, you know, makes yeah, a difference. Yeah, and the clicks you get, the clicks back to the website. I yeah. think are the biggest signal. Quite frankly. I mean, I've seen I've seen some pretty crazy stuff too, where you can actually combine like Hootsuite and another uh, uh, program I think called like Social Pilot, and you can make uh, with this other tool. There's like a bunch of tools involved, uh, but you can make an RSS feed out of any like uh, website or uh, maybe something that doesn't have an RSS feed already, like so maybe somebody's YouTube channel, and you can combine it into like this three-step process with if this then that. And what will happen is you don't do anything. You're just sitting there with this Facebook page or multiple Facebook pages, and all of this stuff is feeding into the Facebook page, and you're sitting there, and you never have to schedule anything. So it's getting crazy with what you can do in terms of automation. And, like, I don't know. I mean. But that's the stuff that Google is not rewarding as much anymore or yeah. at all. That's yeah, actually. You've got to be careful. 
you could do that, you know, with the latest algorithm update in, in November. That, that's kind of the things that, like, when Google looks at the profile, if the profile is an RSS feed profile and it's dedicated to RSS feed, it has no juice, it's just like a low quality thing and it's just posting links, Google's not going to give you the rewards as if a celebrity posts about your site and a bunch of people go visit it. It's like, it, that's, that is what they're trying to change. So the whole, uh, if then, uh, if, if that, then this uh, networks that people are setting up, <laughs> they're setting them up and there's a lot of debate on um, if they work, if they're worth the benefit. Sometimes you're going to see like, oh, it's indexed. Cool, that's indexed. But the index doesn't mean it's ranking. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, <laughs> yes. there, there's a big distinction between index and ranking. And there's a lot of, um, sure, you can get things indexed, but is it going to rank a lot better? If you're just building crappy links off crappy profiles, you're not going to see the benefits that you want. And a lot of your efforts, you know, you'd be better off going to these, um, there's websites where you could pay celebrities to, to, to like uh, post about you. You better be, you would be better off paying like 50 bucks for a celebrity to actually post about you and get you some real traffic, real exposure, real people back to your website than to spend 50 bucks to buy one of these networks that's not gonna do very much for you. So this I'd actually, rather get the real publicity than. This, this actually transitions into in my opinion, the white hat side of things, what we're talking about. And I think the top two things for a white hat, well, not the top two, but one of the, you know, many things that you can be doing for white hat, one of the, you know, um, some of the best things you can do would be something called ego baiting and influencer outreach. So what you do is you find up, find out a bunch about, you know, Josh, he does karate. Uh, he plays guitar, you know, 10 things you didn't know about SEO, uh, you know, Josh Bashinsky. And then what you do is you make like an article or you do something and you reach out to him and then you end up usually getting a reshare. And I know somebody who did this for the surfer, Bethany Hamilton, the girl who lost her arm uh, surfing to a shark in Hawaii. Right. And they made an, uh, like just an image with a quote by her and then a picture of her. And it was just like a random agency that did this. But what happened is the uh, Bethany Hamilton actually reshared the post and it took the organic reach on Facebook from like I think 200 people to over a million, and yes. it just went viral instantly. So that's why I think I think you guys are right. You know, uh, getting in touch with influencers and trying to go about things like that, you're going to get way more distance than just trying to automate things and do all of it by yourself. Hmm. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, so I guess we can dovetail this conversation into again. It's not necessarily white hat versus black hat. It's kind of crap hat versus good hat SEO. But I'm going to say that actually the white hat that is black hat wins in the end. I declare the white hat that is black hat, black hat the winner. So that's the end of that segment. So moving right along, let's answer some uh, questions on the chat here. I noticed there's a bunch of them. Uh, someone asked, going wild. <laughs> what was that? The chat is just going wild right now. It's gone buck wild. Um, it's chat gone wild. They're flashing their chats <laughs> all over the place. Um, so someone asks, when, when is my Google documentary coming out? Well, thank you for asking, person who I might have paid to ask. No, I didn't pay anyone to ask. Uh, right now, my sales agent is trying to sell the documentary to distribu distribution networks. So we're approaching Netflix, we're approaching Hulu, we're approaching Sony, we're approaching all different kind of companies. Uh, and uh, we're trying to sell it. Uh, if you know anyone who wants to buy a documentary and has a TV network, let me know. <laughs> or if they happen to be a VP at Netflix. Uh, and I'm going to try to sell it for about three months. If I can't do that, then I'm going to put it out on my own website. I'm going to get some Russian servers and host it like with the Pirate Bay or something 
and, and make my own website so people can watch it. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, the next question here is, and maybe Eric, you, you, maybe you have something to say on this. Maybe you don't. Um, he asks, do you think longer copy is better for SEO? Longer copy or shorter copy? Well, that's, that's a, okay. If I'm just going to give you an answer, I'm going to say longer is safer. But it depends what you mean. Like you don't, you don't need to write ten thousand words to rank. In fact, writing ten thousand words sometimes gonna it won't rank you as well. But if you're going, as a general rule, write above thousand words. Just as general rule, if you want to absolutely rank as as well as you can. Uh, there's a, there are some sweet spots. The sweet spots tend to change. What I tend to do is I will write over a thousand words. So I'm gonna say if that's longer to you, then that might be long. That might be to short to other people, but typically more copy will rank better for a few reasons. One of my best ranking pages, I have a page right now. Um, it's, it's on it's ultra, it's on virtual reality. It's on ultra VR. The page is about 3000 uh, words long and it gets over a thousand searches per day. That one page gets over a thousand searches per day. And the reason for that is because that page is ranking for tons of terms, not just one, not just two, it's probably ranking for like 75 to hundred terms. And that's what you get when you're ranking, when you write big pages. So when you're writing copy, don't go for like, okay, well, I'm going to write for this one keyword and I'm going to write like the bare minimum, go and go and write a big piece of content on that subject, on that topic and go crazy. And you're going to get a benefits from like hundreds of keywords. You're going to get a lot more customers, sales, traffic. And it doesn't matter what you're either. You could be writing about well, like whey protein. You could be writing about cell phones. You could be writing about roof repair or whatever you want to write about. Just you know, the more you write, the more chances you're going to hit a keyword that someone's looking for. And Google tends to reward more content. Let's do a plot twist: three one thousand word articles or one three thousand word article. I would say it all depends on the searcher intent. Yeah. So if you can, if you have a reason to make three different uh, pages for three different search phrases, then yeah, three different search phrases, three different pages. But otherwise, it all depends. Oh. As Eric says, it all depends what's, on. Yeah, yeah. What's the rating of this show? Is it is it PG at least? By all means. <laughs> okay, cool. Would you rather bang three different chicks or one chick that you really like? <laughs> like do you... That's why I love Eric because he's but... he's French Canadian and and we're a dirty bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, but if, you, if you think about it, like how do you answer that? It's it, it really it, like in one, some instances it might be better if, but in a lot of other instances, you know, in terms of work and in terms of effort, I would do the 3000 word one. I'll tell you why, because a thousand words, that's just words on a page, but there's more that goes into getting a page of ranks. Remember at the beginning I was just saying like, look, we want to give Google what works. And part of that, is not only just having the words, but it's also the structure. It's also the formatting. It's also the imagery. It's also, you know, once you have the thing up, you want to send it to different places. It's a lot more work to do that three times, to set it up three times and to, you know, it's like the, my girl example. It's a lot more work to go on three dates, meet three different people, interact, do all the chit chat, than just to, you know, hit it off with one girl that you really like three times more. Like it's, and then you just, <laughs> hey, you want to go out? It also depends on what your goal is, right, Eric? <laughs> well, yeah. what what does Eric a conversion look man. like for you? The, the well, honorable goal is always going to be his goal. Oh god. Well, I, <laughs> yes. If you want to go for drastically different keywords than the three word and the three um, articles are better, 
But if you just you're going for money, if you're going for sales, if you're going for you know attracting your customers and you know profit at the end, in the end of the day, then I think you're going to get more ROI with creating one thing that's really good and then getting a, a lot of outreach out there. So I like the <laughs> twist on the question. But uh, if you want three different keywords, and I'm just thinking of the girl example, you know, what do I want? Asian tonight, and I want Jamaican. And I want, no, never mind, never mind. You want Wait, all the keywords at this time. We got a comment from one of our uh, viewers say, "Why not invite them for a foursome?" Which <laughs> I guess would okay. I'm trailing the siloing. I'm 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 dovetailing to this direction. Another question somebody asks is, um, and this is a really difficult. This is good. I get asked this all the time. Eric, you probably get asked this all the time. Chase, you probably get asked this on a regular basis. And it's actually really hard to answer. At least I think it is. Maybe maybe you guys would disagree. But he asks uh, DJ SGZ SGZ. Sorry, if, I don't know what how to pronounce that because I'm white. I don't, I don't know what to do. But what's the fastest way to improve rankings for a new website with six blog posts? Some of the pages are already ranking on page two to three of SERPs. Would adding more backlinks or content help? Okay. Well. Yes. <laughs> I'll let I'll let someone else start, but I do have an answer for that. Well, uh, okay. So yeah, actually, I'll give an answer. And we'll see if the same answer as you'll give, Eric, and and maybe we can get into a debate. Uh, or not doesn't matter, but I mean, I, I would say it really depends on what you're trying to do. And I would ask, how high quality are these blog posts already? Uh, do people like them? Do they share them of their own volition? Uh, what's your bounce rate like? Are people being satisfied? I think that's more important than adding more content or more backlinks. But at the same time, well, yeah, you're going to need some backlinks. So if you don't have any backlinks, that's going to be a problem, probably one, and two, six. Six pages is not a big, not very big for a site. So yes, you'll probably need more pages, but again, it depends on what what, what the topic is about. What, what do you think, Eric? All right. He's gone. Okay, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna imply a few things. But if he's right, he has six pages up, and he's like on page two or whatever. He went on, he went through those pages. He built those pages in the wrong way. I I have a very simple process for starting a website and increasing traffic. That's actually the series that I was talking to you about. You know, I was like, "Oh, cool, some of my best stuff." When you start your first page on your first site, on the first page that goes there should get traffic. It should rank number one. You should be able to get that out there. And if you didn't do that, then you've already started the process in the wrong way. Josh, I know you started a website at one point and you had a big open letter, and I think that was the first post on your page, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. Yes, okay. it was. That was a great example, and actually, I cover that inside that. Ex not that specific example, but that open letter format that is in my series. If anyone wants to watch my series, Blade and Plug right now, it's out for free. And I have a how to start uh, your website and get a bazillion people going and ranking properly. But you want to start the right way. That That is really what you want to do. You want to start the right way. And the way to start with the right ways, the first piece of content that you put on your site needs to be attracting people, it needs to be attracting posts, uh, links, and if you've already gone through six posts and you're not you're, you're just number two, you're not doing it the right way. I would go back or just you could start at number seven. It doesn't matter. But the next piece of content that you put out, you want to put out a piece of content that is going to do better than the previous six. So you can go up to bat as many times as you want, but until you do it, you know, you put out a piece of content that does follow the Google formula, that does follow all the optimal on page and it does attract a billion links and a lot of people talking about it you're not going to get the rankings but once you do do that then you you know you're going to succeed um, amazingly well so it's really 
um, I don't, you know, obviously bigger sites will do better when you have 100 pages, 2,000 pages, or a million pages. But even when you're starting a brand new site, the first piece of content you want to put out, and this is in my series where I take people step by step, where you want to have a few things. Either things that work really well are exactly what Josh did. So like an open letter is one of my examples. It's one of the types of content I say. An open letter is you write your heart out about a person in your industry or a company, and then this gets shared like crazy. So you get a ton of backlinks, and you get a lot of exposure. It gives all the right signals, and then people come back to see what you're updating. So the next thing you put on your site is also going to get a lot of traction. The second type that I, I'm just going to tell you the types right now. The second type that you might want to consider, one of my favorite ones are going to be guides. And guides, like what I did for Ultra VR, my virtual reality site, is I put a mega guide. And you can go, if you type in Samsung Gear VR, you're going to find it. I'm outranking Samsung. It was my first post on the, on the virtual reality site. It's on virtual reality, which is tons of competition these days. And I'm outranking Samsung for their own product. So that I put out a guide, and I put out a comprehensive guide on everything on it, how to use it, what to do. And that attracted hundreds of backlinks that I didn't have to build. Uh, it's getting thousands of visitors per day. It's kind of like done the right way, and that launches an entire site. And I'm going to give you two more bonus ones. Just I'll just, I'll just jump in there, Eric. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, and the reason why you're outranking them, I'm sure, is because the content's so good. Yeah. One. But two, you know some really neat tricks about how to do on-page SEO these days, which gives big boosts. I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to say what they are, and I'm, I'm not going to make you say what they are. But I know you know a lot of stuff here that's been clinically tested. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, as, as clinical as SEO gets. And so I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm giving you a plug for your for your stuff because it's good, it's good stuff. Keep going. Thank you. Well, okay, last two kind of like bonus ones that gets people to your site um, like like crazy. Like really, it's there's going to be either one is going to be breaking news. And breaking news, you want to be one of the first ones in the world to be posting about this. And the way to get the breaking news, sometimes people are like, well, how do I get breaking news? Well, uh, one of the ways I really like is I'll watch and I'll stream industry events. For instance, if you watch John, let's say we're in the SEO industry, right? And we watch John Mueller say something controversial. Well, you're watching him live on stream say something controversial. You could write a blog post, and if you're the and search engine lands and Moz and all the big companies, they do this a lot, where they're the first ones to say, "Oh, he just said that," and then everyone shares it. Like search engine land, that's like their favorite link building technique, because they'll find something that just that they just said. And then all they do is just copy that post snip, that new snippet. They cover it. They've linked to all that. Gets tons of links and it gets your page and site ranking. So that's another one. So we went over the open letters. We went over the guides. We went over the news. And then the last one is going to be actually I forget what the hell it is. <laughs> There's another say, one. While you're, while you're thinking about that, Eric, I want to say so. It, it, people are asking a lot. But how do you do it without a blog? Though they're asking, you know, what if you don't want to have a blog, or what if it's a sales-based site? or a yeah. blog is not appropriate. And I just want to answer, it boils down to quality, right? Quality is, is the most important thing. Like to get, if you're asking a high level question, the high level answer is it boils down to quality. And then, yeah. then, then we need to get into exactly what niche it is. And it's like, okay, let's say you sell cameras. All right, well then take your cameras out and take beautiful pictures and then share them on Pinterest and Instagram and share them everywhere. And then you're going to get a lot of social signals and links from that. Like it, it depends on, on the niche and what you're doing. I got the last one just for just get out of my brain forward for a second. Please. Um, infographics, but timely infographics. The first concept is going to be you got to write about stuff that people care about, like right now. 
So if I, for instance, if I right now had a uh, an infographic on immigration, right? Like right now, it like this this week because it's a hot topic and a huge kick-ass infographic on immigration, it would go viral. It would go yes. crazy. People would link to it. People would share it. People would link back to the source. And you don't just put an infographic, but you put an infographic and then content around it. That page, people will go apeshit about it. And then that's how like you know that could be your number seven where you hit that one thing you need to get the right type of content and you don't need 10 pages you just need one and then you get one that works and the second one that works and third one and the beauty is you get an unlimited amount of tries and you know so you could try a hundred times and if you succeed on time 101 then you're, you're golden because you're gonna get a lot of traction a lot of links and that's actually gonna help all your other pages so you know that that's that's what I'm going to say about that that question. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Of course, you're you're 100 correct. And um and then this is where the more black hat stuff comes in. Is that so? You can also you see it's, it's, it's you're right. It's like white hat and black hat have to like get together and and do it together because once you put out the 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 as quality content as you can, like the infographic for example, then what you do is you have people that, that, that I have people. Who artificially inflate your likes and your posts and your comments on like Imgur or Reddit, for example, and then once you get a certain critical mass of quality plus buzz, then it just goes crazy, and their algorithm picks it up, and Google picks it up, and yeah. it, then everyone picks it up, and it, it goes like that. Well, I have a, I actually have a whole program called, okay, a series, whatever. I'm not, I, it's not, it's not a self promo thing. No, you're allowed. It's you called promote yourself all you like. <laughs> it's my it's show. Promote yourself because you're good. So promote yourself all you like. It's it's called predictably viral, and that's exactly what I do. And it, it's exactly what you just said. Like Josh is on point 100%. Where sometimes it's just about you create stuff that has been proven to go viral, and it, like psychological triggers that like people like to share. They're they're out there. There are studies that have been done on psychological triggers that compel people to share stuff, and like it's been proven. I'll give you a, a really quick thing: is on a thumbnail, if you have three data points three images, like three faces, typically it'll do better than one single face, like three little things on a thumbnail, brighter colors. There's it's like things that you just don't think about. But if you put all those things, all those little psychological things together, and then you give it what I call the kind of like a small little push. Um, some people are using Browsio and other people are using like different profiles or just using short tasks to get a few people uh, sharing it. Then you just need a snowball effect. You, you just get above the fold. You don't need like, you, you could you have like three, four shares and that's all you need. And then people notice it and then it goes crazy. So I want to comment like, on what Eric's saying. Uh, in terms of the uh, like psychological aspect of like what people do, I think it is really important to look at that um, as an SEO moving forward, like in these times. And uh, one of the things that I really got a lot of value from was the, uh, I think it's like the seven principles of persuasion by Robert Cialdini. Yeah, it's good. You guys haven't heard of this guy. He literally, like, he's able to, uh, uh, like, figure things out about people that, like, when I, when I, like, heard about these things, like, they're so simple, but, like, it's just, it's insane, like, how helpful it is when you start thinking in, in these certain ways. And once you start, like, um, instead of, like, trying to, uh, like, just promote yourself and you actually, like, give to people first, which is one of the uh, principles of persuasion is actually just giving um, you actually will notice a huge difference in how your uh, SEO is going, how your marketing is going, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, 
all the rules for sales still apply for clickbait titles, still applies for making a website. You still need to know where you are in the sales funnel. Um, I thought the sales funnel was a pretty basic idea, but I still get people asking me what the hell is a sales funnel uh, and what does it have to do with me making my website? And I'm kind of like, you know, everything. <laughs> like if you're gonna make a sales-based site, it's totally different than a blog, then it's totally different than a, you know, this kind of site or that kind of site. So so that, maybe that'd be a good thing to, to cover next week because we're running out of time. So the last segment we'll do today is the, uh, oh, uh, so Eric, I did want to give you an opportunity to, if you did want to plug something, by all means, go ahead and plug it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I was expecting, if anyone wants, uh, we're having a launch right now. Um, it's my mytrafficresearch.com. That is my website. That is where I teach all my stuff. And uh, I could give you a link that maybe you could, how do I, how would, or if they want to go look me up on Facebook, actually. You can leave the link in the description too. Yeah, 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 you could put it in the chat here. I can paste it to them if you want. Or yeah, look, look, uh, Facebook. I uh, Eric Lanches SEO on Facebook. All the information is there, or mytrafficresearch.com. That's where we're having. That's where I teach all my stuff, and that's where all the programs are, all the stuff. So that that will be my plug. Um, I specialize in helping people get a lot of traffic and recover from uh, issues. But I know Josh works one on one, and I will teach you. Uh, so that's that's something different. And I teach people um, how to do it. So I have agencies, I have gurus, and I also have a lot of e-commerce stores that just, they wanna know what to do to get to that next level, how to build their website, and that's what I teach. Yeah, and it's good stuff. I I, uh, I fully endorse uh, all the stuff that Eric's doing. Not just because he's a fellow Canadian, because it's also very good. <laughs> um, so thanks very much, folks. This has been White Hat versus Black Hat. Uh, if, uh, any final thoughts, Chase? Any final thoughts, Eric? Um, I think, you know, this whole black hat, white hat, I really appreciate your show. I think honestly, moving forward, I really want to find like a new name for all this. If I had to finish with one thing, like man, white hat, black hat, I think it's so much more these days and that the industry is shifting. We don't talk about this very much, but it's, it's like uh, Chase said, it's moving away from just pure SEO into like a whole marketing thing. And SEO has kind of a bad name. Sometimes where people, because there, there have been so many scams, but in reality, we're really helping businesses. We are really, like I put my, you know, I spend days and weeks trying to come up with really, you know, like how to help businesses grow and how to help businesses grow, not just by using a, a black tool or whatever, or spamming the web with real marketing uh, campaigns, real marketing advice, um, how to structure your site. So not only it ranks better, but it also sells better and converts better. So I think hopefully moving forward there's gonna be a new term that kind of describe all of what we're doing here and we're all in the same boat i believe but rather than just you know like oh he's a black hat or he's a white hat so that's that's what i want to finish off with i agree thank you very eric very much chase you have any final things to say i'm just gonna ask everybody to if you haven't already hit that like button we're at almost 30. <laughs> chase and lives off likes you see he's living in my basement that's my basement i have him chained down there and but if, if he doesn't don't. get enough likes, I don't feed him. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't give him uh, at least 31 likes, he doesn't get any food. Let's see, how many, what do you get tonight? What what kind of food are you gonna get tonight, Chase? Let me see, I'll refresh the page, 28. Oh, sorry, it's it. kale salad again. Kale salad <laughs> for, for Chase, sorry, man. <laughs> oh. It's nice being on, uh, th thanks a lot, Josh, and, and thanks, Chase.
The yeah, pleasure, sir, was all mine. So this has been White Hat versus Black Hat, uh, episode seven. Thanks very much, guys. Subscribe to the channel so you can get updates as to when the next show is. And as always, good luck in the Serbs.